And welcome to Big League Dreaming, the podcast, a show about fulfilling your dreams and taking it to the next level. I'm John Gonzalez, and I am so excited because we get to talk baseball again, and I get to be joined by all of my sons. Uh, if you're new to Big League Dreaming, the podcast, it's a show about um, you know fulfilling your dreams and taking it to the next level, but it's brought to you by a dad, that's me, and his three sons. And uh, today's podcast is going to be a little different. Uh, but I think equally as fun because we're talking about the trade deadline, which was on Tuesday, um, the major league trade deadline, which was Tuesday, August 1st, 2023, 6 p.m. And uh, it went down to the wire for some of these deals going down. A lot of podcasts will have already recapped it, right? You, you, this is nothing new. So if you're just joining us, our our show's a little different. Uh, we're fans, but we're also, um, we're, we follow our favorite teams through and through and have our insights on the game as uh, a dad and his sons. Joining me right now live is uh, son number one, Zach Gonzalez down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Does a little work for the Charlotte Knights. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing well. Ready to talk some baseball. I know. We're we're ready to talk some baseball. We're also getting ready for a big trip uh, coming up next week. Yes. Where we get to do three games, three major league games in 24 hours. And we'll, we'll talk more about that a little later in the podcast. But Zach, uh, you're excited about today's format, right? Yeah, exciting. I'm glad um, all of us could uh, pitch in and uh, talk about some big trades that happened just the other day. Yeah, some big trades, uh, big movement impacted uh, Major League Baseball, impacted the lives of of these players as well. Not only those in the Major Leagues, but those in the minors that got traded. So uh, it's interesting. And we look at things from that perspective. In fact, if you go back and listen to uh, a recent podcast with uh, Blue Jays assistant hitting coach Hunter Menz, um, we talk about the personal side of things and it's not just all about the numbers and, you know, uh, what's going on with, with the pitchers versus hitters and the rule changes and all that. It is about the personal side of things as well, because, you know, you have to persevere if you want to get to the next level. And part of persevering is uh, what's going on in your personal and your family life. So, um, so Zach, right now what we're going to do is we're going to turn this over to uh, son number three, Zane, the Red Sox fan. I'm the Tigers fan. You're the Mariners fan. Zane is the uh, Red Sox fan, and that'll be followed by son number two, Ty, uh, and he is the Mets fan. <laughs> Those Mets fans are rabid out there. Uh, they uh, they are intense. I love it. Not that Mariners fans and Tigers fans and Red Sox fans aren't. Uh, to be a Mets fan, especially during, during this trade deadline, I don't know. <laughs> you have to have an extra uh, thick skin, right, Zach, I would think? Yeah, absolutely. They got a good return, though. They did, and we'll talk about that in a second. Right now, let's turn this over to Zane Gonzalez, son number three, the Red Sox fan. He'll do a little recap of the Major League trade deadline. All right, take it away, Zane. All right, the trade deadline has come and gone. All right, today is August 3rd, so we're going to be kind of looking at the trade deadline and what all went down. Um, kind of the big stories were, to start out, really the Angels. You know, the Los Angeles Angels, they said that they were going to be keeping – you know, Shohei Otani, they weren't going to be dealing him at the deadline. So we saw a lot of fire from them early on in the trade deadline. Um, you know, they made some big moves to kind of show that they're really going all out for this year and, and trying to make a push for the playoffs to keep Otani around after this season. Um, you know, they, they acquired you know, a lot of pitchers with Dominic Leon was one of them that they got. Um, they got, let's see, they got CJ Crone. Great hitting first baseman. They got Randall Gritchick, who, you know, outfielder that's really been, you know, he's proven himself that he's he's a consistent outfielder in the league. Um, they also got, obviously, the big one was um, Lucas Giolito from the White Sox. 
And they also got Reynaldo Lopez, who's another pitcher from the White Sox. Um, but, you know, Lucas Giolito already made his first start, struggled a little bit. Um, but the Angels were kind of out there saying, like, look, we're, we're really selling out for this thing. We want to make a push to the playoffs. We're not going to get rid of Otani. We're going to make the most of what, most of them while we have them, you know, and try and make a push for the playoffs and then really sell them after this year um, to be able to re-sign them and, and keep them in L.A. Um, you know, some of the other big stories were you know, probably the Dodgers. You know, the Dodgers made a lot of additions. Uh, they added Lance Lynn, um, Joe Kelly, who used to be on the Dodgers, um, power arm um, out of the bullpen. They added, also added Kike Hernandez. So um, Kike was from Boston, my Red Sox, but um, he kind of really didn't have a place in Boston. He was, it's not that he didn't have a place. It's just their depth was kind of deeper than he needed to really be there and wasn't really getting a lot of chances. And when he did, he was struggling. So, um, you know, it's probably good for him to go back to L.A. for the Dodgers. And um, he's already expressed about, you know, how much he really likes being back in, in L.A. And, and playing at Dodger Stadium. Um, so that's been a really good move for him. Um, the other big stories were kind of the Rangers. You know, the Rangers – added Max Scherzer, and um, that's kind of what the trade deadline is all about. We've seen a lot of news about uh, you know, Max Scherzer coming out and saying that, you know, the Mets were going to rebuild and, you know, kind of this be a transition year and they're going to be competitive and, and maybe 25 and looking more at 26. And, you know, as as he was kind of going through everything, it was like, yeah, trade me if you're if you don't want to be competitive right now, you know, send him to the Rangers because the Rangers are looking really good. You know, they're, they're up there in the AL West. They're having a really good season. So they had an ace like Max Scherzer um, to really help them make that final push to get into the postseason. And then once you get to postseason, you know, kind of anything can happen. Um, but, you know, we'll kind of get Ty's take on the Mets and kind of where they're at. They're kind of, kind of a little thrown off by, by some of the Mets decisions, but that's kind of the year they've had this year. Um, they also sent – the Mets sent – Justin Verlander to back to the Astros. So a lot of movement at the trade deadline, a lot of, you know, interesting stories, you know, one of them being, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez from, you know, the Tigers, you know, they had a deal in place to send him to the Dodgers. You know, he used his no trade clause and, you know, kind of brought the trade to a, a halt and nothing came through there. I don't think a lot of people in Detroit weren't too happy. You know, Dad can probably touch on that. Um, you know, the other one that I thought was pretty interesting was, um, Joe Boyle going to the Mariners. So, you know, Zach, I'm sure is probably going to be happy about that. Joe Boyle, a power lefty arm, you know, hundred mile per hour arm that's in the minor leagues. And, you know, I coached him in, in Kalamazoo for a summer. Um, great, great kid, hard worker. He's, I think he's going to do really, really well. Um, and hopefully, get up to the big leagues with, with the Mariners. Um, so, you know, the, the trade deadline is always an interesting time because, you know, you kind of get an idea of who's really looking to make a push this year, who's really, you know, selling out to, to make the postseason to make a run at, at a World Series. And you're also getting a glimpse at, okay, who's who's not really selling out for this year, kind of sees where they're at and says, you know what, this isn't our year. Let's try and, you know, bolster – you know, our roster with a little bit younger pieces from some minor league guys and some guys that are, you know, 
right on the line of pushing into the big leagues that can help out in the future and, and potentially make that push maybe next year or the year after. So you know, that's kind of where the Mets were, and that's what you know, has been talked about, about the Mets and all their decisions is they're kind of making a push for 25-26. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see you know, how all these trades shake out. Obviously, it's a little too early to tell. Um, but I'm very interested to hear since the Red Sox really didn't do much. Um, and that's kind of was the talk going into the trade line for the Red Sox was, okay, what are they going to do? Are they going to, you know, go all out, go get some pieces? Cause the Red Sox are kind of struggling right now. They, they need some, uh, they don't have a lot of pitching. You know, they have, they have a lot of guys on the injured list. They have, you know, I think two days in their rotation is our bullpen games. So I think a lot of people were hoping they'd go get some starting pitching, and they really didn't make a lot of moves um, outside of the Kike Hernandez one. And, you know, so you're kind of getting a glimpse into, like, they're in that weird territory of they're, they're doing decent, but they're not doing bad enough for them to start selling off a lot of people. Um, so, but, you know, we have a lot of interesting talk on the podcast for, you know, Ty being a Mets fan, he's going to probably have a lot to say about the Mets and all the moves they made. Um, you know, Dad's probably got some insight about the Erod potential trade that didn't happen. Um, they also sent Michael Lorenzen off to somewhere. Um, and then Zach, I don't, like I said, Joe Boyle going to the Mariners, I think that's going to be huge for them. Um, another trade that I, I really, really liked was uh, the Orioles picking up Flaherty from St. Louis. You know, St. Louis was a team that obviously was selling at the trade deadline. Um, you know, they're in last place. They're not looking very good, not what they were supposed to be. Um, so they're kind of one of those teams that are really selling off a lot of their big name guys, guys that are kind of towards the end of their deals um, to kind of pick up some leverage pieces to, to build around going forward. But, you know, it's a lot of talk on this podcast about, you know, the trade deadline and, and what's all going to shake out. And we'll kind of hopefully see how it plays out, especially with, you know, Scherzer going to the Rangers and Verlander going back to Houston. I think those are going to be kind of the big ones to keep an eye on, as well as the Angels. Um, you know, the, the Angels are trying to get over the hump and get into the playoffs. So hopefully this this is the year because I think we all want to see Otani and Trout, you know, get in the playoffs because we just haven't seen it yet. And I think that's kind of one of those things that if they do get in the playoffs, it's going to be huge for baseball and everyone's going to be watching it. But, you know, all right, Ty. Let's let's kind of get some of your insight on your Mets. I'm sure you're you're kind of fuming over there. Yeah, absolutely, Zane. I am fuming over here. Uh, all these Mets deals. It was just so crazy to see. It's like, what are they doing? Because honestly, even though they're having a rough season, they're under 500. They're not winning a lot of games. Um, they're starting pitching with Scherzer and Verlander. Even though they weren't what they've used to be, like just nonstop unstoppable unhittable aces they've still been having decent seasons um not the seasons that you would hope for but it's not like they're doing bad uh and their hitting hasn't been bad either it's really been their bullpen this season their bullpen has been absolutely awful they've been losing games 11 to 10 giving up three runs in the eighth and they've their bullpen has been the biggest problem this season and they've been blowing so many games so it was really really weird to see the first guy to go was their closer that took D Edwin Diaz's spot, uh, Robertson to, to be first off in the trade trade deadline. And once I saw that, I saw an article, I saw a story 
it said Mets are going to start selling everyone. And I was like, no way. Why are you getting rid of, rid of your best reliever? Are they really going to just start getting rid of guys? They just need a few a few guys for the bullpen, I feel like. Uh, the hitting's there. Their starting pitching's there. Sanga's doing amazing this year. Um, so after seeing that, uh, the reliever was the first to go. I thought maybe they are going to start getting rid of guys. <laughs> I texted in the group chat, Verlander and Scherzer will be next. And literally the next two days, Scherzer left. Zach, you texted me. You said, who will Verlander go to? I said, he's going to go back to Houston, right where he came from. And uh, Zach, you, you called it. You said Drew Gilbert is their best prospect right now. So if Verlander does go to Houston, that's who the Mets will get. And <laughs> crazy that literally those same, the same thing we said happened. Scherzer, Verlander, both gone. And also, like, under the radar, the Mets also got rid of Mark Canna, one of their best-hitting outfielders they have. And they also got rid of Eduardo Escobar, one of their best defensive players. So it really looks like they're throwing everything to, like like you said, Zane, they're, they are rebuilding, like Scherzer said, which is just crazy to me because they spent so much money this offseason they spent a ton of money, and they're still paying for, like, a ton of Verlander's contract and a ton of Scherzer's contract. So I can't even believe they they must have a lot of faith in these prospects. And honestly, I don't know much about these prospects. Zach, you said Drew Gilbert's really good. Um, they also got Ryan Clifford. But it just, it just, to me, it just is unbelievable. You're paying so much of Scherzer's contract still, and you don't want them. And you just want a, a prospect. Like, I can't believe they didn't try to get more, you know? But that's kind of my take on the whole Mets thing. It's just kind of weird to see as a fan for me. I don't, I don't, I was never really a fan of the whole rebuilding thing, especially when you do, you look so good on paper at the start of the season. Everyone was like favoriting the Mets to win the division, make a good run for the World Series. Obviously, they've had a really bad season, but. If you look that good on paper and you're just having a bad season, I don't understand why you would just start trading players at the trade deadline. To me, it doesn't make sense, um, especially with all the money they're just wasting. I don't know how they have so much money, but it's going to be interesting to see if the Mets try to make any moves this offseason um, to get some more younger guys. I'm glad they didn't get rid of uh, McNeil, Lindor, Alonzo, anything like that. So they, they kept a main chunk of their offense, which is good. But getting rid of Canna, I mean, that's a guy that hits 300 almost every season. He's getting on base. So I don't I don't know about that. But, um, yeah, it was just really, <laughs> really weird to see. Like, it's been a weird season for the Mets just kind of seeing everything unfold being way under 500, being almost 20 games back is something nobody expected. Um, but other than that, that's kind of my my take my, on the Mets trade deadline. Zach, I got to know what's going on. Are these prospects worth it? Are they worth it? That is the multi-million dollar question, Ty. Uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad you asked. Uh, I was impressed with some of the players that the Mets got in return for you know, letting these guys go, like you said, Verlander, Scherzer, Robertson, um, they really beefed up their farm system in a matter of 48 hours, it felt like. Uh, I believe the biggest one that you're going to see talked about is Acuna, for sure, Ty. 
he was required from the Rangers for Max Scherzer. I feel like when the new top 30 prospects come out by Major League Baseball, he is going to be your number one prospect in the Mets farm system. Um, and then you, yes, we did talk about Drew Gilbert. Uh, he was the Astros number one prospect uh, outfielder for, for Houston. And Drew Gilbert is only one of the pieces that the Mets got in return for Justin Berlander. They also got um, another outfielder, Ryan Clifford. Now, these two guys, I think they'll definitely both be in the top five, uh, pro top 30 prospects for the Mets. Probably Gilbert a couple of notches higher uh, than Ryan Clifford. Um, but Clifford can also play first base. So we'll see what they end up doing. Uh, with Ryan Clifford, but they're both going to be top 100 prospects, in my opinion. Um, another guy that snuck in there uh, for the Mets was Marco Vargas, a little infielder who has a great hit tool that they got from the Marlins for David Robertson. So Vargas is a guy that I like a lot, little second baseman. <laughs> I think he could do some things for the Mets in the future. He'll probably be a top 10 prospect for the Mets as well. So they got a good return. Um uh, Dad, you, do you know some of those prospects? Have you been following a little bit at all? I have uh, heard about some of those prospects. I, I was interesting uh, to see that um, uh, Clifford hit a home run in his first at bat as a Mets prospect. So uh, I saw that uh, he uh, he's got a great swing. I think he might be the more the undervalued one. I mean, Gilbert is the bigger name, right? Right. Um, and uh, Acuna, bigger name as well. I'm also intrigued by Acuna because I know you like hear that name. You're like, uh, okay, what's his first name? Luis Luis Angel, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and he's uh, a totally different type of player than his older brother, you know? Like he's yeah. a little infielder. He's not a big outfielder. No, he steals bases. He's got a little, he's got some, some power to the gaps. But yeah, he's a different, completely different player altogether. So, which I think is cool because you look at you guys, right? My, my three sons, <laughs> the three boys, you guys yeah. all had different physiques, different styles of play, you know, the way you approach the game. You still, I mean, all three of you are heady knowing the game. You knew the game of baseball, right? So, you know, he knows the game. Acuna is going to know the game of baseball and have a good baseball smarts, but he just has a different skill set. So um, I think the comparisons will be there, but, but then again, the baseball fan will, so yeah, I'm I'm like I agree with you. I think for the Mets, I see what they were doing. They weren't going anywhere with this building, you know, with huge contracts and big names. Um, I think it's proven that if you can get good players, groom them, you know, to to fit into what you're trying to build and uh, teach them along the way, and you know, I think you can have some some success with that. Um, but we'll see, right? <laughs> that yeah. their experiment failed in a big way. And, um, but they still, you know, they still have an outside chance to make the playoffs. It's, that's the scary thing, you know, and they've got to get on a winning streak, not a losing streak. They just lost three games to <laughs> the Royals. You just got swept by the Royals. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, Bobby Wood Jr. is on a heater right now. Yeah. I, I just think the Mets, uh, I mean, I got so passionate there about it. You know, those Mets fans are. I uh, kind of wish we were going to a Mets game this year. Can you imagine being at the ballpark? Oh, imagine going to a Mets game in April and then one in September. 
<laughs> Speaking of which, um, we, I know we're going to talk about some of the other big, uh, you know, Zane mentioned uh, a few of, of um, big trade deadline um, players that went to, to teams. And, and obviously um, people are going to be talking about it, but look at last night though. I've, I've mentioned this to you uh, off the air. Uh, last night was a big night. So last night, the game's on August 3rd, big night for these trade deadline players. Um, let's start with uh, Max Scherzer. Um, gives up three runs in the first inning as a Texas Ranger. You know those Texas fans are like, what? We just got this guy? But you know Max. You and I have seen him play since the beginning, right? When he was with the yeah. Tigers. And we see, you know his attitude and the way he is. He's a bulldog out there. He gives up three runs and he settles down and the Texas goes on to win five to three. So that's that's Max Scherzer, what you're going to get, right? He's a competitor every pitch. And he's going to, so he goes out and wins. Uh, Flaherty, Jack Flaherty, which, you know, is a great pickup for the Orioles. He goes, uh, he goes, uh, let's see, he gives up, um, how many runs? Well, six innings, up? right? Six innings, eight Only gave up one run. Yes. And uh, they won six to one over the Blue Jays. And the Blue Jays are, are limping along here. They lose three of four to Baltimore and they can't afford to lose those games, right? Yeah. Um, and Flaherty was a big gamble. I mean, he, he had a lot of success early on in his career and then he had, some injuries and coming back this year is like his first year back. Didn't really know what they're going to get out of him. And he's been like up and down, like he he'll have a couple dominant outings in a row and then he'll just get lit up. So it's really up and down. He was like a big, big target for a lot of teams. Cause you can get them for fairly cheap. Cause you don't know what you're going to get. Right. But when Flaherty's on with that off speed that he has, he can be very dangerous. So yeah. the Orioles just got even better. They're just so good. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch that race unfold in the American League East. And I think a surprise for a lot of people will be, well, I mean, maybe not a surprise for the baseball people, but, you know, the Phillies win 4-2 to two under the arm of Michael Lorenzen. And you're kind of like, wait a minute, Lorenzen's the Tigers guy, right? He was an all-star for the Tigers. And uh, I think he has a, he's in his five starts in July, part of the reasons why um, the Marlins wanted him, part of the reason why they wanted him is that he has Phillies. a... The Phillies, the Phillies. They played the Marlins last night. Uh, the Phillies wanted him is that he had a 1.14 ERA in the month of July in his five starts. I mean, he's coming into his own. It's just, it's like making the all-star team just gave him that extra boost that he needed, right? It was like, I can do this. And I was listening to some of the Phillies post game last night because um, I, I was in a massive rainstorm driving home. And uh, th- they were just talking about like he was on. I mean, the Lorenzen slider was unhittable, right? I mean, they just couldn't do anything. I, I believe he pitched. Here's the interesting thing about that game, and I know we got some more trade stuff to talk about. He gave up a run in the bottom of the seventh inning, right? And the Phillies were already up uh, four to two. And you know how it goes, right? He gets out of the inning to go to the eighth. Most managers in the major league are pulling your starter at that point, right? He goes out and pitches the eighth inning to give the bullpen a rest. Talk about a bulldog. That's a guy that's like, you know, zoned in. And so it's going to be fun to watch the Phillies and see what they can do here uh, as as the postseason gets near. And the Marlins, too, because the Phillies and the Marlins, they're battling each other, right? Because they're not going to catch the Braves. Right. The Braves are going to win the East. Yes. So they're trying to go after, you know, hosting in that wild card uh, um, series they're battling literally against each other only a, a half game apart or so to like, yeah. they're very close. And I love what the, what the Marlins did at the trade deadline. So I was telling you this um, before I started recording, 
So the Marlins got first baseman Josh Bell from the Guardians. They did have to give up Gene Segura and Khalil Watson. I do like Khalil Watson. He's a good little infield prospect. Uh, they also got Jake Berger from the White Sox. Uh, he's a fan favorite Charlotte Knight here. Mm-hmm. And love seeing Jake Berger put it together. I think he has 25 home runs this year. He's having a great season. So he can play third base and first base. I know the Marlins are going to have him at, at third since they just got Josh Bell from the Guardians. And the Marlins former first baseman was Garrett Cooper. And what, since they knew Josh Bell was coming in, they actually moved Garrett Cooper and got a, a starting pitcher for him, Ryan Ryan Weathers from the Padres, who has had a slow start. He's been up and down in the minor leagues. Um, just get, like they call him up to start and send him back down to AAA. But he's an interesting arm. Um, and then they got David Robertson from the Mets, like we said. <clears throat> they did have to give up Vargas, but um, – the Marlins, I feel like, did a lot more than the Phillies at the deadline, which they had to do a lot more. I feel like the Phillies are a little bit better team. But, um, but yeah, Marlins could be a team to watch here. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. It's fun. That's, that's the thing about the trade deadline, right? It, it kind of it changes the the narrative of what you're going to do for the rest of the season and it has huge impacts. And like we said earlier in the podcast, it also impacts the lives of these minor <laughs> leaders who, you know, uh, <laughs> think one day they're doing this, the next thing they're doing that. I mean, um Clifford said he didn't he didn't realize he was going to be traded right and all of a sudden he's in a new city he's in Brooklyn <laughs> so yeah th- there you go um your Mariners uh what's going on with them they're they made some moves <laughs> <laughs> what's going on with your Mariners I mean they still have a chance I guess outside yeah chance, right to make the it was almost like it was almost like the the front office believes in their offense so much it was kind of like the best trade we can make is not make a trade. They, the, the bats that were out there, like Mark Hanna, Tommy Pham, like those kind of guys, they went for cheap. You just give a prospect and you can get those guys and bring them in. But I feel like they believe in Ty France. They believe in Tasker Hernandez. If those guys can turn it around, then those hitters are a lot better than, than a Tommy Pham or a Randall Grichuk. Um, so they're kind of banking on that happening. Uh, but they did trade their closer. They traded from their strength. Um, they traded Paul Seawald, who has been our most reliable relief arm the whole season. Um, Seawald is a, a part of the Seattle community. He's uh, a great, great guy. Um, he's He came from nothing. Like He was with the Mets struggling. He came over to the Mariners. They changed his pitch usage. Uh, fastballs up in the zone he's only 92 93 um and he became almost an all-star level pitcher uh really overnight as soon as they called him up with matt brash um not with matt, not with matt brash sorry with uh, logan gilbert <laughs> um so really sad to see him go but they did get three guys for him considering he came from the mets for like nothing to get three players out of him is pretty impressive uh, they got Josh Rojas, who's a proven little infielder. He's okay. They got Dominic Canzone, who is a first baseman outfielder, which we're weak at those positions, so a little bit of depth. He could be good. Um, he's already up with the club, playing every day with, with the Mariners. And then they got a little infield, uh, Ryan Bliss, a uh, little infield prospect. Literally, he's little. He's 5'6", um, <laughs> next L2 kind of guy. Shorter um, than me. I love it. Yeah. He, I mean, already. 
He's a 2024 guy. He could come up in September and play some second base because the Mariners are so weak at second base. Um, so they got a fairly good haul for Seawald, but uh, it is tough to see him go. Mariners have been known for their bullpen arms, bringing these guys out of nowhere, and they come in and they're just lights out. So they're kind of hoping that they can keep that going and uh, get on a streak here. They, they beat Otani last night. They won three games in a row, and they're only two and a half uh, out of the wild card. So see what happens. You'll see what happens. Yeah, it's, it'll be – yeah, it's it's been up and down for you guys too because – you you always feel like you're on the edge. You're on the cusp, right, of like crossing over and being one of those teams. But uh, the Angels too. I think we were all surprised that. Oh, I was surprised because remember I predicted that Otani would be traded. I was my prediction was way wrong. Not only did he not get traded, they went out to get people, and a week before the trade deadline said, you know, we're not trading him. And then Ty says to us that you know, Verlander and Scherzer are going to be gone. And we're like, yeah, right, whatever. Yeah, the Mets aren't going to do that, and sure enough, he was right. <laughs> I was like, they sold God. it all. <laughs> they sold it all. Um, you know, as far as as far as my reaction to the Tigers, I thought the Eduardo Rodriguez one was really interesting. This was uh, GM Scott Harris's first uh, trade deadline. He's coming up on his one year uh, with with the club as as the new general manager. I love a lot of things he did in the offseason. This the bullpen, our bullpen is for the Tigers actually really good. You know, and I was surprised a few of them didn't get taken, right? Like Lang didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Which I was surprised because a lot of teams need bullpen help. So the Tigers, you know, without Eduardo Rodriguez, we don't have an ace. So it was great to see him. But you think about what prospects we we missed out on the Dodgers, you know, from the Dodgers system that we could have brought over to help bolster the team. So I think a lot of people feel that um, Scott Harris blew it with not being able to trade uh, Eduardo Rodriguez at the trade deadline to get some young talent. But on the other hand, there are those like myself that would say, you know what? You don't trade him. He stays. He likes Detroit. Doesn't want to disrupt his family. That's one of the reasons he said he didn't want it. That's why he rejected the trade to, to the Dodgers is because he didn't want to disrupt his family life, which I think is really cool. And um, he can opt out after the end of this year, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I'm not good at predictions. I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks <laughs> around um, because we do need an ace and we can build around him. Um, we'll see. We'll see what uh, the Tigers, you know, what they do here uh, at the end of the, at the end of the season, they still play in the American league central, which I keep saying. And uh, that's always, you know, uh, a bonus <laughs> for us. Yeah, that was really interesting that he, you know, he stopped the trade, basically. Yeah. Um, you don't see that a whole lot. I mean, those guys have those no trade clauses, but when they realize that the team is selling, they're kind of like, all right, I'll, I want to go win a championship. I'm out. So, um, yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah, and I think that um, – I think his agent tried to negotiate. What, what, what we're hearing is that the agent tried to negotiate more money for him. <clears throat> but, you know, at the end – is like, eh, I don't want to disrupt my family, which I believe is 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 true, you know. And uh, there's a lot to be said about that. He just got his family settled into Detroit. They like, they like it, you know. So yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see how that all uh, works out for the Tigers. Um, Max Clark got a big hit in this first major league at or first uh, <laughs> professional at bat. So that's that's good. We'll see how the prospects come along. Uh, I should say, if you're a Tigers fan and you want to read up, uh, my friend Jeff Seidel from the Free Press has a really good article. Uh, right now, looking at the one-year anniversary of the new general manager, Scott Harris. You can go to freep.com. You can find his article. And uh, he does 
he brings up a lot of these interest intricacies of what's been going on behind the scenes with his first year and his philosophy of building this Tigers team, this franchise uh, back. It's going to take some time. It's not going to happen overnight, um, but um, but he does a good job. So check out Jeff's article in the free press. So you want to just touch on a couple of the other big trades that, that went down and yeah, sure. Yeah. What, what do you have on your list there? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So um, angels acquired Lucas Giolito from the white Sox for a couple prospects. Um, he got lit up his first outing for the, for the angels. Uh, Dodgers also acquired Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly from the White Sox. I think Zane touched on that one. Um, Blue Jays acquired Jordan Hicks, closer for, for for the Cardinals. Well, he wasn't the closer at the beginning of the year. That was Ryan Helsley, but um, Helsley was injured for some time. He's on the aisle right now. So Hicks went into that closer role uh, for, for a little bit. But Blue Jays have Romano, so I think Hicks will just be a setup guy for them, which they already have Eric Swanson, but um good to have some you know another arm back there and hicks you know 101 102 it's crazy um a name to watch out for dad kyle manzardo hmm. so i'm really high on kyle manzardo he has a great hit tool first baseman a huge raise prospect and the rays are just loaded on the infield so the rays sent kyle manzardo to cleveland sorry dad um for aaron savali starting pitcher so Raves got uh, Savali back. Guardians have their first baseman of the future, Kyle Manzardo. Um, like Ty said, Brewers got Mark Canna uh, from the Mets for Justin Jarvis. I do like Justin Jarvis, Ty. Um, I think he's a good depth arm. He'll probably be, I don't know, maybe top 10, just outside of the top 10 uh, uh, Mets prospect. Uh, Candelario, Dad, I know you saw that one. Went to the Cubs from the Nationals for a couple prospects. And um, and then Braves got a, a relief arm too. Uh, Brad Hand from the Rockies. Cubs are Cubs are an electric team right now. I watched some of the game last night after I survived that rainstorm. And uh, they're loving Candelario being there, you know. Um, but the place was electric. You know, they pulled out a big win last night. And uh, they're one of the hottest teams in baseball. I think they're 8-3 in their last 10 games. Um I I don't eight and two eight and I'm sorry I always oh, eight and three in the last I, I, I can't even do math um eight and two in their last ten games um with, which is which is really incredible to see um I have a friend uh, that has season tickets and you know um he's like oh I, I couldn't get anybody to come with me tonight for whatever reason he was like I got three empty seats I'm like dude why don't you just like text me I just would have survived the rainstorm and gone right to Chicago right yeah. Um, but it's fun. It's going to be fun for, to see the Cubs. I mean, actually, you know, battling it out here at the end. Yeah, they kept Cody Bellinger, which was a big bat that was going to be available. And that's one thing that Jerry Depoto said when he was talking about how the trade deadline went for the Mariners. He was like, you know, the big bats that were like kind of the bats that could really push you over the edge were not available. Um, so when, you know, the guys that were just like those bats that I mentioned, Jace Peterson, uh, Mark Hanna, that will move the needle a little bit, but not really push you over the edge. He was like, we're going to believe in our guys. Yeah, I feel bad for the for the Blue Jays because with, uh, you know, Bo Bichette uh, going down on the IL and they were able to squeeze the deal in at the last second, but they were kind of not prepared for that, right? And, yeah. Um, I worry a little bit about the Blue Jays. I listened to the Blue Jays post game last night, too, in my drive. <laughs> What a drive, right? Um, 
and uh, they they were not happy. The Blue Jays fans were like the Blue Jays guys that were doing the show. They were ready to throw in the towel. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys are still in the hunt. I don't know what is what is your problem, right? They just yeah. like, we're talking about everything that could go wrong. I hate shows like that. Let's just be a little more positive about things, right? What if what if Paul DeYoung just goes on a tear, right? He might. What if uh, you know, Paul DeYoung gets hooked up with Hunter Mentz and he and they go off. Oh, and they were and they were critical of the hitting coaches too. <laughs> they, were, they were just like, I'm like, come on, I I can't be all this negative. I just can't do it, right? It's got to be hard. You have all that star power. Uh, Springer is like, he can't hit right now. He's very cold. Um, so it's got to be tough playing in the in the East and you have all those big names and you're just still uh and battling for a wild card again another year. They were also talking about Vladdy getting up to bat and they're like. Who would fear him right now? Who would fear him? I'm like, oh, settle down, you know. <laughs> they've turned they've turned his swing into something you don't even fear anymore. And I'm like, settle down. I don't know. That's just the way things are, I guess, these days. But no, I believe I love your insight. Uh, I love uh, hearing from uh, Ty and and Zane. Um, they all have great baseball minds, and as you do too. So it's fun to hear things like a realistic, pro- you know, prospects are prospects until they can make it in the major league. But it really comes down to like. Can you adjust at every level, right? Can you adjust to the atmosphere? What's happening on what's going on with your family? All that stuff. I mean, not is there I know I know we, we love the numbers and analytics games, but there's something to say about playing with a little heart, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I um I feel like there wasn't as much movement this year for the trade deadline as years yeah. past. I don't know, I could be wrong, but um yeah, the the bats were not available. Yeah. Um, the, the prices for these pitchers were very high, um, going out and getting these guys, you're having to give up, you know, one or two of your top, top five prospects, just insane. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for big league dream, the podcast. We really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week with our, our, uh, baseball special, our ballpark tour, three games, Zach in 24 hours. Are you ready? Can you hang? Are you going to fall asleep in the, in the, in the bleachers, dad? I was just talking to a friend of mine. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do day two. Day one, I think I'll be good, right? Because it's going to be those excited. flights. It's going to be those flights day two. That morning is going to be tough. That morning is going to be rough. That whole day, day two is going to be really rough. Two games in one day. And I was just looking at the, at the plan. I'm like, I hope these are fast. I hope the Brewers play a fast game afternoon game uh, on August 9th because we got to be back for an eight o'clock game in Chicago that night. So <laughs> against the Yankees too. <laughs> yeah. So we see what we got uh, Baltimore. Who does Baltimore play at Camden Yards? The Astros. So get ready for me to be booing the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to see Verlander? I don't know. I don't know when his next, his first start will be. Uh, it's probably too early to tell, but we should know this weekend. Yeah. And then we get uh, Milwaukee plays the Diamondbacks. No, no, the playoff, the Rockies. Rockies. Yeah. Rockies. See Chris Bryant. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the Brewers are in first place. So it'll be fun to see Brewers play. We get to see two first place teams. I was, I was talking about how the Orioles and Astros matchup is a preview of the ALCS. Yeah. That's going to be a fun game to watch. I can't wait to watch those young players too for Baltimore. Yeah. And see what the crowd's like there. So. All right, that's it again for Big League Dream, the podcast. To come back next week where we will obviously talk more about our baseball tour and um, plenty coming up uh, down the road. We've got some other interviews planned that we hope you tune in for. 